This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show. These New York Jets, when I see the news come out about hard knocks and they might be forced to to be a part of it, look, I get it. All year long, you're going to be under the spotlight, but I just don't want to see them on hard knocks. I I don't love this idea. I don't want to see them participating, creating attention that's unwanted and unnecessary. And it is a major distraction to me for a team that's looking to get back to relevancy. Look, when you go all in on your quarterback the way that the Jets have with Aaron Rodgers at age 40, if the Jets miss the playoffs, let's not get it twisted. That could spell doom for both the head coach and the general manager. This has to work out. This is the Ty Butler Show. 98.7 ESPN. Justin Pricing ha- has been approved. The, the governor, uh, she's so giddy about it. They're going to now start to charge you up to $23 if you enter the city under 60th Street. I mean, as if that is going to fix traffic and pollution and everything that's happening. You're going to force people out of their cars to take the, the the dirty subways that don't work properly, that can't function for 10 minutes correctly, delay after delay after delay because of construction, because of this, because of, of that. I'm annoyed by that. We'll talk about that in, in a little bit because I, I got some uh, venting I got to do on that front. Mets finally, finally get a win. They improved to... Uh, let's check it out. Seven games under 500 and an impressive minus 14 run differential. So they're climbing a the ladder. Steve Coleman's going to talk tomorrow. So we've got a bunch of questions for him. Among those would be this disaster that you're watching. Who do you blame mostly for it? Are Billy Epler and Buck Showalter on the hot seat? Could you blow this thing up at the deadline if you don't see it trending in the right direction? And what's your message to the fans? We got we got to hear from the owner. You're spending a ton of money on this product that's not producing. You won one playoff game last year. You won 101 games during the season, and that came to a crashing halt after you just kind of vomited all over yourself after that 10-and-a-half-game lead you had over Atlanta. Speaking of Atlanta, you're now 16 games back of them this year. And I heard Gary Cohen on the broadcast say this is the, the most amount of games that the Mets – are trailing at this point of the season uh, uh, to the first-place team since 2003. Yikes. So they get a win tonight, but I'm excited to hear from the owner tomorrow. Yankees right now trailing 2-1 to one out in Oakland. Said I'd get to some NBA free agency. So that kicks off on Friday at 6.30. Looking forward to seeing the wheeling and dealing. I, I did see this report. Andrew Greif, who covers... Uh, the Clippers, I believe, for the L.A. Times it reports that there have been some conversations between the Knicks and the Clippers about a potential Paul George trade. And I got to say, this is one that I would be all over if I'm the Knicks. I, I, I would endorse such a trade. I think his ceiling is everything you're looking for in a player. Two-way guy who can be a menace on the perimeter defensively, underrated shooter, shooting 38% for his career uh, from beyond the arc. I understand that it has huge bust potential because we're talking about a guy who in the last three years has played an average of 47 games. 
He's coming off of a knee strain that knocked him out of the playoffs. And as much grief as we give Kawhi Leonard about the load management and the injury stuff, you know, hiding behind that is Paul George. He, he's gotten somewhat of a pass because Kawhi is the better player. He's the, the face of the franchise. He is the most notable. So when Paul George is missing games, we, we don't focus on it as much. But he's had the shoulder injuries. He Remember, he broke his foot in the, uh, the FIBA tournament. So he certainly comes with a bit of a checkered pass, but I think the upside is one that I, I simply can't ignore. And at age 33, he's going to be looking for a big payday. He's eligible for a four-year, $220 million extension. I mean, the NBA contracts these days are just insane, absolutely insane. He's got a player option for 2024, 2025, but he can decline that and become an unrestricted free agent. I I just feel like the Knicks, as I've said in the past, if you want to be considered a player in this conference, you you can't rest on we made the second round, we took Miami to six games, we almost won game six and could have forced us game seven at home and who knows what happened. I I don't think you can rest on that. You, you, You need a significant upgrade because this window is open right now. The, the, the league it, there's this parity permeating the league. You don't have that big super team. We saw the Nuggets with Jokic as you know the best player in the league, in my opinion. But with Murray, who's certainly a, a going to see his stock rise. But then it's you know Aaron Gordon and Michael Porter Jr. and Jeff Green and Bruce Brown. It's not a super team. The Lakers, who were in the conference finals, got swept by the Nuggets. It's LeBron and AD, and then Reeves and a bunch of guys. Not a super team. Celtics, certainly. I, I love the trade for Chris Dabbs Porzingis if he stays healthy. But I wouldn't consider that to be a super team. So you strike while the iron's hot. And OB Toppin, I know the, the, the fan base loves him, but what what is his upside? Because you believe that if given the opportunity, he would become great as long as Randall is here, he's roaming the bench. And there is going to be really no way for him to become what you are imagining he could be in your mind, simply because I don't think he's that player. But I think more important, more importantly, sitting behind Randall, it's just not going to happen. And it doesn't feel like the Knicks are looking to move on from him. And they sh- why would they? It's a 25-10-5 guy. I know he's had now back-to-back playoff performances that left you just wanting more and left you irate, and the body language is an issue, and all the things that we continue to talk about with him that he struggles with. But, you know, when I listen to him on Paul George's podcast, he comes across as likable. He understands the fan base has a level of of excellence that it demands just because they've been subjected to such atrocity over the last, what, what are you going to call it, five decades. Now, there have been some aberrations, but, I mean, to to not go to an NBA Finals since 1999, not win one since 73, I mean, you got to give me something here. And if if you're Randall, you you listen to him on the podcast, he, he, he understands... He understands the frustration. You want to see him be better in crunch time. You want to see him be better in the playoffs. I I just don't think that moving on from him, if you're not getting a superstar, if you're not getting a Zion Williamson in return, 
I don't see that as something that you should do. The Dane Lillard watch to me is just getting annoying. It's it's tiring. And I mentioned this at the top of uh, at the top of the show. I, I know last night the report from Chris Haynes was that once Dane met with the front office and ownership, and they discussed the direction of the team, they came to the conclusion that. They are going to try to make this marriage work. I don't know that I'm buying into that. This feels to me that they are in search of a certain offer that they just haven't gotten yet. There is a, a hunger that that needs to be satiated before they're willing to depart with one of the best players in their franchise's history. He clearly needs to go. There is no way you look at this roster if you're Dame Lillard and you say, yeah, I can win with these guys. And once they, they drafted Scoot Henderson which meant that they were punting on any potential trade for a Zion who you bring in here, and I think you immediately become one of the better teams in the Western Conference. Unless that happened, I, I, I didn't see any real raising of their ceiling from what they currently are. And I saw, I, funny, I saw a tweet, you know, Blazers could add Draymond Green, re-sign Jeremy Grant, and form a big three. A, a big what? You're going to give me Draymond, Jeremy Grant, and, and Dane Lillard as a big three? I'll pass. As much as Draymond has proven, yes, he is a Hall of Famer, I don't know how much he adds to that group. I would love to see Dame get traded. I would love to see him build on what is a good resume, but not a great one. He's been to one Western Conference Finals. He's a seven-time All-Star, one-time first team, one rookie of the year. He's a part of the 75 greatest players uh, list and you know grouping. But he's got to do more because what, what's going to happen is the same people who are rewarding him and, and, and praising him for his loyalty are going to be the same ones ripping him 10 years from now if he doesn't get at least to a Finals and I would even say win a championship. I would love to see him come to Brooklyn. He he raved about Mikel Bridges, and he mentioned Miami and Brooklyn as two prime destinations. I would love to see that happen. Let's get the city popping. Bring Deem here. And I don't know if you're going to do any winning with just them two. You would have to, to supplement those guys with some really good role players. Because, again, I, I, we've never seen Dane be the best player on a, on a title contender. Been to one Western Conference Finals, got swept by the Warriors that year. But I would love to see him here. Want to see the Knicks good, want to see the Nets good. So I, I would like to see the Knicks really entertain that offer, uh, for or not, a, not an offer, but entertain that, that, that trade potential proposal with the Clippers for Paul George. And I would like to see Dane Litter come to Brooklyn. I would love to see it. 800-919-3776. Some of the free agents that are going to be on the market. Russell Westbrook. Chris Middleton declined his player options, so he's going to test free agency. Doesn't mean he's not going back to Milwaukee, but he is an unrestricted free agency uh, free agent. James Harden still has a player option for $35 million. We'll see if he picks it up or he declines it and becomes an unrestricted free agent. We know Kyrie Irving is on the market. Chris Stapps has that player option that he's going to opt into. Uh, had the trade not gone through to, to Boston that uh, sent KP there, would have loved to see the Knicks 
uh, maybe test the waters on a, a potential reunion with Porzingis, D'Angelo Russell, Kevin Love, Jeremy Grant. So those are some of the guys Kyle Kuzma uh, mentioned as far as the free agents are concerned. Bruce Brown looking for a payday after he helped the, the Nuggets win a championship. 800-919-3776, taking your calls on NBA free agency. Yankees right now trailing 2-1 in Oakland. This would be a, a disastrous loss. Uh, but I, I guess Yankee fans won't be allowed to complain about it. 800-919-3776. Back with your phone calls right here on 987 ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. Let's go to Texas. Just haven't heard from him in a while. What's up, Trey? What's going on, my boy? How are you? Yo, man, I'm I'm doing well. I'm doing well. What, what what's up no. with that Texas heat, man? What's going on down man, there? Man, listen, 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 listen. When and you know I'm from Brooklyn. I'm from Bed Stuy, man. You know it's, it's it'd be hot summers. You know. Yes, sir. But when I tell you that ain't nothing like Texas heat, man. It's it feels like yo, God bless, man. It feels like God left the, the lid on the pot. Oh, man. Yeah, I was down it, there in it, Houston last July, and it, it was like heat I had never experienced before. Yeah, it, it, yo, and I and I love when I hear New Yorkers up there, and because I, and I, I stay in tune with everything up top. I stay in tune with the news and everything that's going on in the city. And I, I hear 90-degree days, and they're like, oh, God, it's unbearable. I can't believe it. I'm like, <laughs> 90? Let me tell you something. It is time. I'm going to give you the weather right now. I'm going to give you the weather right now. It is a bomb. 89 degrees right now. Right now, 89 degrees. It is 89 degrees right now. See, I went for a run earlier today, and the, the humidity was wild. I got back <laughs> to the crib and was complaining. But when you when you tell me that at this time of night, so it's 10 o'clock down there. That it's 10 o'clock. It's 1022. It's yes. 89 degrees still. Absolutely. Right, right now. Right Damn. now. My dog does not want to go outside. I wouldn't want to be outside either, man. I wouldn't want to be outside either. The only worry, and please pray for us down here, man, the only worry is that they're going to do, they're going to end up having to do rolling blackouts, man, which is not going to be pretty. Yeah, nah, that's not what's up. Right. So, like, I heard heard you talking to Big Bro earlier, talking to Buddha. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to Big Buddha. Shout out to um, uh, Mama Buddha. Everybody, the whole family. Yes, sir. Um... Free agency is gonna be a tricky thing. And not really, man, because I'm gonna tell you like this. And I, 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 you know, I respect your basketball acumen. You know that. You, you already know how we give it up. Um, I don't like the Paul George thing simply because of the injury history. I get it. it, it I you get know, that. I, and that's the, that's my only that's my only issue with him. Me personally, this is the avenue I would go. I would go Divincenzo in free agency, or 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 Seth Curry, or oh, excuse me, with that. Let's Obi got to go, so let's trade him to Toronto, man. They're blowing that thing up up there. You know what I might want. be? I want they might o- be. They I- might be running it back in Toronto. They might be running How it back. Though, Van Fleet I don't get gone? It. No, but yeah. I, it looks like they have interest in bringing him back. Really? Yeah. Okay, I didn't hear that. If yo, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. If your if your boys are smart. You go after him. Yeah, you know you're a Laker fan. I don't see how you don't want Fred Van Fleet on your team. I don't know if they'll be able to pay him though, man. Austin Reeves. You don't think so? He wants he wants thirty a year, right? He wants thirty. Yeah, Austin Reeves wants is going to get a big deal. You've already got LeBron. Okay. Got LeBron. You're going to have to re-sign Anthony Davis, and with this new salary cap, it's hard to. And now with this second apron, this second apron is really going to hinder people. Yeah. Yeah. 
I just think I like OG Ananobi coming out of there, man. I really, I mean, and and I, and I know the history with CAA and clutch and how that works. Well, I I did a podcast earlier, uh, my man Marshall Green of Chat Sports, and I'm telling you, he just told me that OG left clutch. Yeah, I saw so, that. You see what I'm saying? Man. Like, it works, man. Uh, you get an athletic wing. I'm telling you, if we had OG last year, come on, man. There's no way we ain't going to the conference finals. There's no way. There's no way he gives you exactly what you need. And it gets OB up out of here, which is what he wants. He wants to play, which he deserves to play. But he, he, I think that you get you a couple of shooters in here, and then you get you an athletic wing, man, and then and then we can go talk, man, and then and then we can go holler at somebody. And then maybe because that number three overall that. pick you you drafted in twenty nineteen can show that he is going to ascend and become the player that you hoped for because we haven't he, seen it consistent enough. No, but you, what you did see though is at the end that you saw it in the playoffs. He got continuously better as as, as the playoffs pushed on. So, but but he but again. Kind of like with Jokic. I want to put Jokic as an all-time great tie. I really do. But I got to see him do it a couple of times. I feel you. I mean, he's already an all-time great. When yeah, no, he is. Two he MVPs is. He is. and a finals MVP. Absolutely. Only 11 Absolutely. guys in NBA history have done that. So he's Absolutely. already an all-time need, but, great. I get but it. You want to see an extended. I need you to see him more. Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. Because then you leave no doubt on your resume. You see what I'm saying? Now you leave no doubt that nobody can be like, nah, he was just, you know, he was Jack Sigma with a jump shot. Nah, man, the boy can play. <laughs> that, that boy got game all over the place, and I want it to be undeniable. Same thing with RJ. I want it to be undeniable, so do it again. I want you to get, he should, bro, he should be working on his game right now. You need to be getting that gym, and you need to be working on that right hand, that little push, little hook, and, the, and, and, and use your body better. But I'm telling you, OG Ananobi, Seth Curry, or DiVincenzo. One pick one of the two, boom, get one of the get one of them three and we so we can rock, man. You know what I'm saying? I, I really I really don't want Paul George, man. I think that would be a bad deal, man. I I don't want to see him sitting over there with some sabaros <laughs> in his mouth, man. Sitting over there with a halal bowl, man. Yeah, I don't want to see that. I don't want to see that. And Nick fans and Nick fans don't want to see that either, Ty. <laughs> yeah, Trust not, me. They not, don't want to see that, that, man. Yeah, nah, that's not that's not working. And I appreciate the call, Trey. Really appreciate you chiming in on the program. Yeah, Nick Fair's not rocking with that, especially like you. you I, I go back to, you know, Kawhi Leonard. Would, would he be a, a nice fit here in New York? Nick Fair's ain't going for that low management thing, man. That's not happening. That is not happening. They they are not sitting here, uh, being okay with that. They, that that is just not going down. And by the way, you mentioned R.J. Barrett. I, I don't mean to rain on that parade. Was really good in the playoffs. Did we overrate it a tad? 19 points a game, four and a half rebounds. Still shot just 43% from the field, 32% from downtown, 77% from the charity stripe. So, yeah, he was much better than he had been, but because he was starting the race at a deficit, made the final push look a lot more impressive than what it actually was. I'm just wondering. We go to VA, talk to Dwayne. What up, Dwayne? Hey, Ty. How you doing, man? Yo, man, I'm doing well. What's up? All right, so first of all, I think you're uh, one of the best in the business, and I wish you had wow. more airtime because you're you're great, man. I appreciate that, man. That that means a lot. Thank you, thank you for that. All right, so I have a I have a, a football point, but first I want to get to the Knicks off season, right? So, uh, um, Paul George, I think would be a great fit, and he he might give you fifty games a year, but you keep Julius Randle; he's a workhorse. Mm-hmm. Zion, I'm gonna puff puff pass on him because he's only <laughs> given 
25, 30 games a year, you yeah. know? Now, listen, I, I, I was looking at upside, and it's obviously contingent upon whether or not he can put it all together and finally stay healthy. But, yes, you have every right to, as you phrase it, puff, puff, pass on that one. Yeah, and uh, and I, I I wanted to ask you a Jets thing because I know you love your Jets, right? Yes, sir. I don't know if you I don't know if you seen earlier like Joe Klecko yeah, was on a cast right and I did, man. he he made you did so the Darrell Revis Klecko thing yeah I hated it I don't know why Revis had to go there is the kind of where to go you know yeah so we'll get to that in a few here anything else you want to weigh on weigh in on Ty I'll call you back man because like I said you're one of the best in the business appreciate the call Dwayne really appreciate you man appreciate the love we'll get to the the Darrell Reeves Joe Klecko thing it, it rubbed me the wrong way I it, it, it is a microcosm of how social media works so how about uh, coming up next we'll get to that it, just hate to see it really hate to see it Ty Butler going up to midnight right here on 9870 ESPN this is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. I, I mentioned this about 20 minutes ago. I was very agitated, and we'll get back to the Darrell Revis, Joe Klecko, because there's actually an update on it uh, situation. I, I, I was so agitated when on, on social media I came across this whole congested pricing thing in New York City. Uh, that looks like it's going to pass. So now if, if you enter the city below 60th Street, you, you could be subject to paying up to $23, which is so disgraceful to me. And it reeks of just the city trying to take advantage of, you know, the people who live here and have to commute uh, in and out of the city to go to work. So now your solution to traffic is forcing people to take the MTAs, to take the trains that reek of urine and you know you're standing on platforms and you got to be worried about rats running across your feet and you could also be concerned about someone pushing you onto the tracks and there's delay after delay after delay have you seen these trains during rush hour on your commute going to work coming back from work does it feel like a situation that that would be better suited for more people to be taking a train absolutely not it's unreliable. It, 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 it's there's always something wrong. There's some service delay. It, it, I remember c- trying to come to work a couple weeks ago. Had to take three trains to get in, and because of you know it's construction and 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 service situations going on, I had to leave leave the station, walk a couple of blocks to catch the train at another station. Whereas like before, I could just take it right there and and. and the station that I was already in. So I'm just annoyed by all of this. And if you think that New York City is being plagued by traffic because of regular people commuting to work, then you're just clueless. How about the potholes? How about the the double parking and the trucks that are, are, are in the way? How about everything else that comes into play when we look at the traffic in New York City? It's not... The average person, the bike lanes are creating catastrophes. And I'm not even blaming the bikers. Shout out to the bikers. Sometimes you annoy me and, you know, I might want to hit you, but I'm not going to do it. It it, it is what it is. But there's so much that goes into why we have the amount of traffic in New York City as we do. And you're now trying to force people out of the comfort of their cars 
to take these trains that are unsafe, that are never on time, that are disgusting and dirty. I mean, come on now. What are we doing? All all in in the 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 name of you trying to get a bag. Because I hear what they're going to make about a billion dollars off of this. So they're coming up on us. Such a disgrace. I'm so annoyed by it. So annoyed. Speaking of annoyed, I, I, I'm still looking forward to the Hall of Fame game and the Hall of Fame enshrinement because you've got both Darrell Revis and Joe Klecko, two all-time Jets, getting in. But now that creates this awkward tension between the two guys because of some comments that were shared that I, I believe and many believe were taken the wrong way. So here was Joe Klecko on the Jake Aspen show on getting into the Hall of Fame with Darrell Revis. The, Jake Aspen has actually hosted, guest hosted on this station before. The, he does a show down in Texas. Uh, he was on YouTube, had Joe Klecko on the program, and this is what he had to say about getting into the Hall with Darrell Revis. Well, I said to him when we were out at the Super Bowl, and I said to him, I goes, this is going to be New York West for a day, you know what I mean? And we got to sit down after, and Darrell doesn't say a whole lot, but the one thing, first comment we had, we were doing serious radio, and he said, it's really cool that Joe and I, who are the two best defensive players ever to play for the Jets, are coming in together. And I was very, I didn't know his mindset about us, and he didn't know much about me because it was been so long ago. I played when they didn't have face masks, so, you know. <laughs> but it's cool. I mean, for him and I both, we've talked about it a little bit and what football has meant to either of us and, you know, getting in the in Hall of Fame. And it's pre- really going to be cool, like you said. A lot of people haven't really mentioned that as far as the two best defensive players ever and to say that it's pretty good comment and you know it's going to go a long way i hope so you hear that and you think wow what a nice gesture for joe klecko to 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 articulate how honored he is to go into the hall of fame with a guy he he thinks he shares being probably the best defensive players in franchise history and you know how it made him feel they obviously don't have like this relationship where they're super close, but he feels honored to be a part of an enshrinement that includes Darrell Revis. So then Revis saw this video circulating on Twitter, and he responded by saying, I don't speak to people I don't know very well. And we did not speak based on you saying you were jealous of my success at the Super Bowl. My mindset is clearly I'm at the top of that list as the best ever, but as a gentleman, I decided to say something cool for a headline. He goes on to say, I ain't walking bleep back. I said what I said. It's true what I said, but also true that I am the best defensive player in Jets history, period. I don't even know why this is a conversation. Now, I should add the update to that because Revis went on Twitter and, you know, people were asking him, like, what is the relevance? Why are you responding to this video with that energy? He didn't say anything negative about you. He was very complimentary of you. And you choosing to go in this direction is questionable, to say the least. Just makes you look bad. So Darrell Revis responded to the video uh, that Jake Aspen put on his Twitter. And he said, my tweet had nothing to do with your interview. There's a backstory to my tweet that you have no clue of. Uh, So I guess that shed some light on why he was as chapped about it 
as he was, but to me it still doesn't give him an excuse. The back and forth is just unnecessary. Why are you taking a shot at this guy? Replying to a video where he said nothing wrong, and even if there is a backstory, why don't you just keep that to yourself? It's, it, now, if he had voiced his frustration with you or if he had taken a shot at you and you wanted to respond to it, then sure, you have every right to go back at him. But to me, this just just makes you look bad. And I don't think as fondly as Jet fans look and reflect on you and what you were able to do for this organization, one of the best players that we've ever seen at that position, wearing this uniform. And we didn't love you going to New England and winning a championship, but so be it. It happened. We didn't love the holdout, but, you know, we wanted to get paid. It happened. This is not one that, to me, is going to sit well with the fan base. And maybe it'll be a generational thing because I obviously didn't watch Joe Klecko, like in his prime, you know, part of the sack exchange that's before my time. Uh, I was able to see every snap of, of Revis's career. But you going down this path, down this route, when this is supposed to be a special moment for the franchise with two beloved players, it's just, I don't know, it's kind of cornball. Makes you look goofy. And it, it, you come off as a little bit insecure. Because we don't really need you on Twitter touting that you're the best defensive player in franchise history. We don't really need you saying that. Especially at the expense of another fan favorite. Weeks before going into the Hall of Fame together. And we know how 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 passionate us as a fan base was about Joe Klecko finally getting in after, what, three-plus decades. He deserved to be in. He finally is getting his moment. Now, if there's some backstory between you two, it is what it is. But was this something that you had to broadcast for the masses? We really had to, to get in on the beef y'all got? Come on now. I just thought it was it was I thought that was foul. I, I didn't think Revis should have done that. Especially because of all the confusion that emanated from what you were responding to. It made no sense. You're responding to a video of him being complimentary of you. So come on, man. Like we really have to do this. And the jokes are just gonna write themselves, right? See, the Jets can't get anything right. They can't even get getting into the Hall of Fame right. The two players going in, taking shots at each other. Got negative energy toward each other. Come on. Come on, Revis. You should you should be better than that. You should be. And now he's on Twitter saying he's going to start a podcast and He's got a lot of thoughts, so I, I look. I don't. I don't know what the backstory is, but for for you to do this, come on, family. Come on, eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Um, on a positive note, I was very I, Dan Olavsky. It's been high on the Jets. He was very high on Zach Wilson. Now that didn't ultimately materialize into. You know, positive results. 
But I was thrilled when I heard him on NFL Live talk about his expectations for Garrett Wilson. Very simply put, he is on the verge of being a 1,500-yard wide receiver with Aaron Rodgers. Did have a great rookie year with a multitude of quarterbacks in New York. And I think the biggest step for him this year to have that season is the connection that him and Aaron Rodgers have on one route that fade or go route down the sidelines. We know Aaron Rodgers to throw that in so many different ways, sometimes over the top, sometimes with a little touch, and then sometimes firm on that back shoulder. If Garrett Wilson and him completely get that route on the same page and basically unstoppable, he will become a top five wide receiver in this NFL and completely change how dynamic and explosive the New York Jet offense is. Yeah, tell that to Bill Barnwell, who found himself once again being a player hater. So he's got the Jets ranked 22nd as far as their offensive group is concerned. Could you imagine Aaron Rodgers looking at the options he had at his disposal and saying, yeah, let's even though this group has 21 other teams better than them, let me go take my talents there. What I don't understand about what Bill Barnwell did was just last year he had the Jets' offensive weapons ranked 24th. So adding Lazard, Cobb, Harmon, year two of Garrett Wilson, year two of Brees Hall, that was only good enough to move them up two spots from last year? That's it? And then I'm reading his rationale, and he goes through, uh, he goes through how you know the Brees Hall injury, like what to expect him coming back, and you know Michael Carter and then Izzy. He he says the organization traded wide receiver Elijah Moore, cut Braxton Berrios after the season, and cleared a path in the process for two certified friends of Aaron Rodgers. I'm not sure. Those were positive moods, moves. Wideouts Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb afforded Rodgers some level of familiarity within the offense, but they weren't helping the Packers last season. Rodgers posted a 62.2 QBR when Cobb and Lazard were on the sideline, but when one or both of those wideouts were on the field, his QBR dropped by 23 points. In other words... With those guys off the field, Rodgers was the fifth-best quarterback in football. With one or both involved, he ranked 26. Now, clearly, the issue here is sample size. They were on the field more than they were off the field. So those numbers can be a little misleading. But are we to suggest that the Packers last year, if week one— who did they play week one? They played Minnesota, right, week one? If, if week one last year, both Lazard and Cobb had gotten hurt, the Packers would have been a much better team the rest of the year? I mean, are you kidding me? You're, you're suggesting that if they, instead of getting Lazard and Cobb, they just kept more in Braxton Berrios, you would feel better about their offensive group? Come on, Bill Barnwell. Like I understand being a hater for the sake of being a hater, but man, this is this like this. Uh, it gotta make sense. Like some of it has to make sense. Some of it has to make sense. You have them as the twenty-second ranked offensive group, 
There, there are 21 teams better than them offensively. And, and I feel nuts even engaging in this because what sense does it make ranking offensive groups by not including their quarterback? Why did I waste time on this? We finish the show coming up next right here on 9870 ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. Recap the show that the Jets... On NFL.com's urgency meter, ranking at number two. So the Bills are the team with the the greatest sense of urgency. They've got the most pressure. The Jets coming at number two. It's, uh, rankings I agree with. The Bills have fallen short of expectations. Five years, one AFC championship appearance. Uh, at some point, you got to cash in. The Jets, you add Aaron Rodgers to this group, you have to, you have to make some noise. It's a significant noise because it could spell doom for your general manager, Joe Douglas, and your head coach, Robert Sala. And Rodgers, we don't know when his career is ending. This could be his final season. So uh, that that is why I agree with that ranking. Does anyone think Saquon is going to sit out? I, I don't see it happening. I thought Chris Canny made an excellent point earlier today when he said it's not that running backs are being undervalued. If that were the case, you wouldn't see them getting 25 to 30 touches a game. It's that teams, GMs, are recognizing that the primes of their career are the first four to five seasons. So this idea of giving them a big-time contract after that when they're due for an extension is just brainless. You've already capitalized on the prime of their career. We saw Zeke in his first couple of years uh, win a couple of rushing titles. We've seen what Saquon's been able to do. We, we saw Dalvin Cook. Like the first four or five years of your career as a running back, that's your prime. Why are, you, why are we paying you after that? We could just replace you with someone else who's going to give us the first four or five years of their career, which is their prime. So it, it just... To me, like Saquon, I get it, but I don't think the Giants are handling this incorrectly. They're, they're doing the right thing. Talked NBA free agency as well. Uh, I want to see Dame come to Brooklyn. I, I don't know if it's going to happen. Looks like Miami, if he does get traded, is going to be the destination. And if I'm the Knicks, I, I am flirting with Paul George, uh, a potential Paul George trade. I, I think that he, if he's healthy, is everything you want and a player uh, with this group. He can be your best offensive player. He is an underrated shooter. And defensively, he can still be a menace. He's one of the better perimeter defenders in the league. And ask Cohen. So Steve Cohen's going to talk to the the media tomorrow. And the Mets win a game tonight 7-2 to over the Brewers. But coming into tonight, they were, what, 4-21? and 4-17 in their last 21 games. So they they had been just dreadful. They are they they were sixteen games back of the Braves coming in. Uh, Verlander and Scherzer mediocre at best, despite a hundred and or despite eighty six million dollars being paid to them. Uh, a lot of question marks. Their offense sixteenth best in baseball. Rotation fifth worst in baseball. Bullpen eighth worst. And to be seven games under five hundred with a minus sixteen run differential when you were expected to be a contender when you are had the highest payroll ever 
that cannot be sitting well with the owner. So looking forward to seeing what he has to say tomorrow. What's his message to the fan base? Who's he blaming? Are Epler and Showalter on the hot seat? Lots of questions. Looking forward to getting it because Cohen, if, you, if you're a Yankee fan and you hear how Steinbrenner is going to talk, you're frustrated because you know it's going to say the same thing. We're disappointed, but nothing's going to be done about the disappointment. Cashman and Boone are just going to keep getting extensions. We don't know if that's the case with, with Steve Cohen. So tomorrow, there's some intrigue there. There is a, a ton of intrigue just as far as what the direction of this team is going to be. Because, yeah, they win tonight, but I, I, I think their season's over. I, I, I think they're done. I think that you should entertain. I, I don't know if you have enough value with the pieces on this roster. You know, David Robertson, maybe Adam Montavino. You would love to get off the Lindor contract, but I don't know if there's going to be a lot of uh, clamoring for the players on this roster. Julian Harvey, thank you. To the audience, appreciate you. Hit me on Twitter, Ty D. Butler. Ty, signing off on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN.